Thanks for listening to this podcast of Bet MGM Tonight. Our show is live every weeknight from 7 to 11 p.m. Eastern on Odyssey radio stations around the country, odyssey.com, as well as the Odyssey app. Let's talk with our guy Nick Costos from You Better You Bet. Nick, thanks for joining us. We were talking a little bit of wrestling. I saw John Cena's on Raw, and I saw they're interrupting his promo. Give us, a, give us a quick recap. I can't watch till I get home. Yeah, so what's going on, guys? First off, great to be on with you here. I'm at MGM tonight. It's part of the newly expanded BetQL. Love coming on. Yeah, so, uh, you know, John Cena comes out. It's his first promo um, in like a year and a half, probably, since before WrestleMania, before the pandemic. And, of course, what do the idiot wrestling fans do? And uh, Cena's return promo back, an absolute living legend, back for the first time. They do the stupid what chance. And this is why we as a society can't have nice things, nice things because of these idiots in Dallas that can't show John Cena the respect yeah. he deserves. They have to chant what at him while he's cutting a master class promo as is typical of the great John Cena. Just, uh, just you know, I lose faith in humanity every day more and more. That's a, a shining example of why, gentlemen. I hate the what chant, and I always have. I hate it when Stone Cold, and when they would do it, It just, it, I, I just can't stand it. Uh, I also hate Dallas. Nick, really quick, I want to ask you a baseball question because I'm a Cubs fan, and they're about to sell off all my favorite parts of the team, including Chris Bryant here probably within the next week. Uh, you're a Yankee fan, so you had a nice little weekend. Last night was fun to watch him beat up on the Red Sox. But when the Yankees suck, do you find it really hard to enjoy baseball? Like, for me, the season's been over for two weeks, and I know I have to do my job and come in here every night and talk about baseball, but it's really tough to get into Major League Baseball when my team is uh, seven games back here. Yeah, I'll, I'll take it a step further. It's tough for me to get into regular season baseball when, when my team's good. <laughs> Just being honest with everybody, I mean, look, you know, you do what we do in the sports media, and I'm always honest with people on the show, you better, you bet, 3 to 7 p.m. Eastern, of course, as part of BetQL. But here's the deal. Like, we're going pedal to the metal all year round, and summer is basically the time where us in the sports media, we, we never get to, like, kick our feet up and just coast. But, like, this is the time where normally, without the NBA Finals going on in a non-pandemic year, we're able to cruise a little bit. So, listen, I'm not going to lie to anyone. Even when the Yankees are great in the regular season, it's tough for me to get super into it because right now it's all about charging up for football season. And when football season happens, obviously, we're coming down the stretch of the baseball season. That's a lot more fun when we're playing for actual playoff berths when the wild card picture comes into focus, and then the baseball playoffs are obviously spectacular, both from a betting standpoint and also just from uh, watching the game standpoint. They're, they're, they're really awesome. So, yeah, it's been hard for me to get into the season because the Yankees are so dreadful, and it's not like they're, like, normal bad. Like, the Cubs, I feel like, are normal bad. Like, a regular <laughs> bad team is bad. Yeah. The Yankees are embarrassing bad. We're like, the team should be good, and they're not. Yeah. And the manager's got absolutely no fire, and the general manager's well, well past his expiration date, in my estimation, at least so. The team's been very annoying, but we'll see if they can kind of keep it up here after taking two or three from the Red Sox this weekend. Nick, uh, speaking of teams that are should be good, but they're not, the Phoenix Suns, okay? <laughs> I don't know what the hell has happened to this team. Giannis. Oh, well, yeah, there's Giannis. But can, can you just kind of recap what you saw in Game 5? And is this thing over for them in Game 6? I know you guys probably went into depth. Uh, over this subject, then you better you bet. I unfortunately was uh, doing a Zoom doctor's appointments, so I missed that. Cool. But but can you tell me what you've seen from them in Game 5 and what you expect to see for them tomorrow night? Yeah, I like Milwaukee tomorrow night. Um, I yeah. haven't yet decided if I want to lay the five here, but I certainly like Milwaukee to win the game, win the first uh, franchise's first NBA championship since 1971. And really what I saw on Saturday night, this was really the first time, guys, and, and correct me if you think I'm, I'm wrong here, 
it's really been the first time all postseason that Phoenix has really gotten punched in the mouth yeah. was on Saturday night. Absolutely. If you think back to the opening round series against the Lakers, like the Lakers come out, win, win games two and three, and I thought the Lakers showed they were the better team in that series. That's not me being a hater. I'm not a Lakers fan. I'm just saying, like, being honest. In the same way, I would say that the Nets were better than the Bucks, and the Nets, it should be Nets-Lakers in the finals, or, or Clippers at the very least here. So, you know, Anthony Davis gets hurt. The Suns are able to rattle off three straight. They face a Nuggets team without Jamal Murray. Never get punched in the mouth in that series. Obviously sweep them. Then they face the Clippers without Kawhi Leonard. Never really get punched in the mouth in that series. They got punched in the mouth on Saturday night. And not only did they get punched in the mouth, but they got punched in the mouth after delivering their own punch to the mouth of Milwaukee with that 37-point outburst in the first quarter where I'm watching the game on Saturday night thinking, and I had money on the Bucks. Like, damn, like, this is, we're in some trouble here. And then Milwaukee comes out, scores 79 points in the second and third quarters combined. And I know Phoenix made their run at the very end of the game. We've seen Milwaukee do this a million times in this postseason. Yak away these leads, make it way more interesting than it needs to be at the, uh, at the very end. But to me, that was kind of the story of the game where Milwaukee, second chance opportunities, they, they obviously had the advantage. You know, just on the eye test. Milwaukee, to me, looked like they were the tougher, more physical team, the team that looked like they quote-unquote wanted it more. And I know that's a little narrative-y, but I think the numbers really, really bear that out. And I think Milwaukee wants it more. I think Milwaukee is the better team. I think Milwaukee has the best player. And I think Milwaukee gets it done tomorrow night, wins an NBA championship. And the bet that I will definitely be on tomorrow night, my favorite bet for game number six, is the under, 222. And we talked about this earlier on you better you bet we're great like I, I understand that game five went way over the total and it's become a running joke where either it's mike breen or jeff van gundy on every single broadcast this series <laughs> wow like what the shot making is unbelievable in this game and if you've got the under you don't want to hear that but i think the intensity is going to be ratcheted up here i don't expect middleton and holiday to shoot as well as they did i certainly don't expect the suns to score 120 points in this game here with milwaukee and the defense they're going to play trying to close out a championship at home here so i think it's an easy bet to make I don't know if it's definitely going to win, but as far as putting the bet in goes, couldn't be easier under 222 tomorrow night, Milwaukee and Phoenix. Yeah, I completely agree. We're talking with Nick Costos. Find him on Twitter at the Costos. You better you bet 3 to 7 p.m. Eastern, Monday through Friday. Find them wherever you find your podcast. Leave them a five-star review, maybe a couple nice comments. I'm glad that you brought up NFL football because we're all getting excited for football season. We do our previews every night. We're going to be talking 49ers in hour number three. Uh, you guys talked potential running backs winning offensive rookie of the year, coach of the year a little bit. Um, is, can you make the case for anybody? I know that you know you said potentially you could see a running back maybe getting it done. I played Kyle Pitts. I know it's probably a sucker bet, but plus 800 over at BetMGM. It's most likely going to be one of the quarterbacks per usual. Trevor Lawrence, plus 300. Trey Lance, 7-1. to one. Justin Fields, we don't even know if he's going to be the week one starter. He's 8-1. to one. Who are you making the case for to win rookie of the year? I don't think Kyle Pitts is a square play. I actually love the Kyle Pitts play. And yeah. We can get into a couple of reasons why we like Pitts in a second here, but let's talk about the quarterbacks first and foremost now. I'm, I think Jacksonville has a chance to be reasonably good this year, and I because I think Trevor Lawrence has a chance to step on the field immediately, immediately and be great. So certainly understand why Lawrence is the favorite, and I think a deserved favorite. But I think there is dumpster fire potential as it concerns Urban Meyer, and I was pretty jacked about that hire when it was made. Urban more of like a CEO type as opposed to someone that's going to try to micromanage everything. Daryl Bevel calling the plays, but Urban has had a couple really bad quotes. I feel like since he got hired. The worst of which was after, you know, they drafted Travis Etienne in the first round, which was a terrible allocation of resources. When you had an undrafted free agent last year in James Robinson, who was absolutely dynamic. Great. Let's take a first round pick and send it on a running back. Absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Like such a dumb pick. And then saying afterwards, well, we want 
have this three-headed rushing attack with Carlos Hyde, James Robinson, and Travis Etienne. Like, Urban should have been fired on the spot just for saying Carlos Hyde's name in that sentence. <laughs> Absolutely ridiculous. So, look, Trevor Lawrence should be the favorite, but, I mean, Urban might be an absolute dumpster fire. So, if we're going to get away from Trevor Lawrence, I know you mentioned Field, you mentioned Lance. Let's throw Zach Wilson and Mac Jones into the equation as well, the other rookie quarterbacks here. Besides for Justin Herbert last year, who came in in week two, and only because the Chargers team doctor literally punctured the lung of Tyrod Taylor, or else Herbert wouldn't have played. Herbert's the only rookie quarterback ever to not start 16 games and win rookie of the year. So I think, you know, Trey Lance probably not going to start week one. It'll probably be Jimmy G. I'm assuming Cam's going to start week one. Zach Wilson's going to start week one, but I don't know if the Jets are going to be good enough to be able to get him over the finish line. And Ryan, like you mentioned, Andy Dalton, from what Matt Nagy, Ryan Pace, and the Bears are saying, it's going to be Andy Dalton week one against uh, the L.A. Rams on Sunday Night Football. And, and I don't blame them for that because, Listen, they're going to get annihilated either way, so why not play Fields in week two right after Dalton gets destroyed by Aaron Donald and peeled off the turf with a spatula here? So if we're looking away from the quarterbacks, I love me some Kyle Pitts. With Julio Jones now in Tennessee, I think there's a realistic chance, and this number is going to sound big, but I don't think it is. I think Kyle Pitts could have 120 targets. No, I'm with you, man. Because look, and especially, and I think double digit touchdowns, obviously, as well. Because look at Atlanta. Where do they struggle? They struggle in the red zone, even with Julio there. I mean, I know this because I'm a fantasy owner. He doesn't score touchdowns. They were 26 in red zone offense last year. So I just see, I see him catching no less than 12 touchdowns, man. Yeah, I, I listen. I would love that because I'm, I'm pretty yeah, aggressively yeah. taking him in any fantasy draft that, that I have right now. And look, like I think it just makes a lot of sense, right? Calvin Ridley's going to command a lot of double coverage with no Julio, Russell, Joe, Russell Gage, and um, Olamide Zacchaeus don't really scare anybody. So I think Pitts is going to command a lot of attention from Matt Ryan. I could see him having an absolute monster year. I wouldn't be shocked if he caught 100 passes this year. And he is not. You'll hear people say leading up to fantasy season and the start of the season, rookie tight ends don't usually perform that well. I don't look at Kyle Pitts as a rookie tight end. I see him as a wide receiver in a tight end's body. I think he's going to be an absolute monster this year. I actually like the Kyle Pitts rookie of the year play. Nick, is Aaron Rodgers going to take the first snap for the Green Bay Packers this year? Please say no. I mean, uh, listen, man, your guess is as good as mine. If I were in his head, I'd be able to bet on this and make a lot of money. I think he'll probably be going back to Green Bay. Um, I just feel like, like, what's one of the options at this point now? I mean, I feel like, we would know at this point so close to the uh, to the start of the season if he were not going to be so. Uh, I still feel like um, Rodgers will be the week one starting quarterback for the Packers, but something to keep in mind, and I say this all the time, like this, I don't mean to poke fun at this, and Ryan knows this from the years he spent in Wisconsin doing media there. Like Aaron Rodgers, like literally, like does not talk to his family. Like that is a all thing right. that I'm not saying to, to poke fun at. He legitimately doesn't talk to his family. And, like, I worked with his older brother, like his eldest brother at CBS. Great guy. Like, by all accounts, these are good people. He's wired differently, man. So if Aaron Rodgers is petty enough to, like, not talk to his mom and dad over who knows what. Exactly. I mean, would it really surprise you if he sat out the whole year? I don't think it's going to happen. But if anyone were to make a move like that, I think Rodgers would uh, would fit the bill. But, I mean, I, I don't know. I would guess that he'll be there. Week one in New Orleans against the Saints. I found my yeah. Go on. Uda, I, I was. If you have another Green Bay take, or then go ahead because I was going to talk about USA basketball. So go ahead with your football stuff. Oh no no no! I was going to say. I mean, I'm looking at it right now. The Packers 18 to one. I mean, if Rodgers is going to be out there, I think they've improved a little bit on the defensive side of the ball. They were one play away from the Super Bowl last year, but I'm not going to play it until I know who the Week One starter is because I don't buy into Jordan Love at all. Last time I saw Jordan Love on the field, he led the FBS in interceptions at Utah State. Go on with the USA basketball. You're just trying to fire me up with this Rodgers. Yeah, just, stuff, a, just a little bit, man. He's getting his house deep cleaned in Green Bay, man. 
that means nothing. He's about to Airbnb it. These man. are the stories I'm following right now, unfortunately. It makes me want to bash my head into a wall. Go on. <laughs> Nick, <laughs> Team USA, uh, no Zach Levine, no Bradley Beal, Jeremy Grant. We don't know what his status is, but they are on the plane headed to Tokyo. Do you have a team that you're really looking to back to kind of overtake Team USA here in Tokyo, or are you still rocking with the favorites? Come on, man. I'm rocking with the favorite. I'm rocking with Team USA, of course, here. And, look, I'm not going to lie to you. I watched zero seconds of Team USA's games. They won the games they won, the games that they lost. But uh, how could you How could you kind of go against them here? I think they kind of got the wake-up call that they needed. I think Pop got on them, obviously. And I kind of I like the Keldon Johnson addition to the team. And I know yeah. that, that they caught a lot of flack for that. Oh, how can you bring Keldon Johnson? And, well, A, Keldon's awesome. And if you pay attention to the NBA like, like we do and you bet the NBA on a nightly basis and you bet props, you know Keldon's awesome, and you know that Pop loves him with the San Antonio Spurs. So I, I, I think the USA is absolutely going to be taking gold in basketball. Nick, thanks a lot for joining us, man. Have a good show tomorrow night. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you very much. Nick Costos. Find him on Twitter at the Costos, host of You Better You Bet, along with Ken Barkley. Weekdays, 3 p.m. to 7 p.m. right here on Odyssey. Check them out right before we come on the air. They do a tremendous job. Find their podcast. Wherever you get your podcast, leave them a five-star review, nice little comment, and do the same for us. Quentin Mayo, Ryan Horvat, here on BetMGM Tonight.